Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to episode number 265 of the WP Builds Podcast. This episode is entitled have we set the right expectation? It was published on Thursday, the 10th of February, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and just a few short bits of housekeeping before we begin. If you enjoy the content that WP Builds produces, I would very much like it if you felt able to share that around the internet, whichever way works for you. But some examples might be go and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. A five star rating would be very, very nice. Alternatively, just tweet a message at WP Builds. All of those things would be really nice. Of course, I leave it up to you how you wish to do it and where you wish to do it, but just to say that it would be really nice and it does help the podcast to grow. Another thing you can do is head over to our subscribe page. That way we'll be able to keep you updated as and when we produce new content. We've got our This Week in WordPress show every Monday, which then comes out on a Tuesday. It's live. Then we've got the podcast, which you're listening to now. And we're also doing the monthly URUX show with Peach and Neri. You can find more about those at wpbuilds.com and the subscribe page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Okay, what have we got on the podcast today? Well, it's David and I, we're still in series one, but we're now on episode five of our WP Business Bootcamp. And this episode is all about setting the right expectation. So as we'll describe in the episode, we're dealing with a... Well, a new client, somebody that we've never worked with before. And in fact, we have never really done this work before. And so we're diving into all of the different things that we need to do in order to set our business up. And one of those things is client communications. How do we work with clients? How do we establish a relationship? How do we let them know what it is that they're going to be dealing with? Perhaps they've never had a website build before, and it's pretty much unlike anything else that you might purchase. So how hands-on do you want them to be? What kind of things do you want them to give you? How how are you going to gather the content? What forms of communication are you going to use? How are you going to do revisions and all of those kind of things? It's a really interesting episode and I hope that you enjoy it. Welcome to another in our Business Bootcamp series. It's the series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. Presently, we are on season one where we're looking at what needs to happen before a build. And we are on episode five where we are setting the right expectations or working out how we do that. So Nathan, um, we are on different routes with our invented businesses and trying to get our client's website up. So shall we just recap where we are up to in the process so far? Yeah, okay. We are, we're working from the basis that we are brand new to the web development industry. We've perhaps dabbled in creating things for ourselves, and maybe, who knows, we've done something on a not-for-profit profit basis for somebody else. But we've been reached out by two, two, 
somebody's reached out to us and they said, we'd like a website. And all that we know about them is that they are called um, Ms. A and that they are a lawyer. Above and beyond that, we're trying to figure everything out as we go. And in the previous episodes, it kind of worked out that David and I were kind of going off in different directions. He can tell you about his at the moment. But mine might be described as the more traditional approach where I'm doing things like sending out uh, a contract at the beginning. I'm offering a fixed price for a fixed website and so on. You might describe it as the waterfall process. But essentially, a lot of work is done up front and then the client and I sort of part ways for a while. I do lots of building and then come back and say, there it is. What do you think of it? So that's kind of my approach, whereas yours is totally different. Yeah, and we're, we're at the same point here. So you put in your proposal and the contract and it's been, Miss A has gone with you, but she's like Schrodinger's cat. She's also <laughs> gone with me at the same time. <laughs> um, and I'm going the agile route, which is, um, it's a fixed fee for a sprint of work, but the number of sprints is really up to the client so they can control their budget. The, the proposal is nothing formal and... I'm expecting, or at least I'm selling to the client, the idea that they'll put out a minimal viable website, even a landing page, and we'll move through this, through sprints of work and improve it iteratively. So that's the idea with it. It's an ongoing process where we'll just start with the least cost and keep improving. It sort of occurred to me that maybe as this series goes on, the the differences between the two approaches will become more and more obvious. But right at the outset they are really really different models and and I've never really done your model simply because I didn't really know it existed so as these episodes go on I have to confess that I'm more and more curious about what it is that your approach is is offering up yeah well I'm still learning it I mean this is really what we're doing here with I didn't realize there was such a thing as agile or understand it like i do now and the more we we were just talking earlier and really in some ways I just think even though you've always done a traditional approach I think a lot of your thinking is agile anyway the way that you deal with clients and this is what we're moving on to with this one are we setting the right expectations because we've set the proposal and you have the contract but that really doesn't tell us anything about how the working relationship and the processes to build in that site will run and there's obviously some little areas where we can end up with some problems. There's some well-known areas where there's points of friction, isn't there? Yeah, and and it's... What's really interesting about this is that those points of friction, I think, had to be discovered by me. I did not... I didn't read any literature which forewarned me about them. It was just a pitfall that I fell into and then got out of that one and then and then fell into another pitfall and then slowly over time built up <laughs> yeah. a kind of more of a protective layer really. Oh, I don't want I don't want that to happen again and I don't want that to happen again. But um, there are loads of things that can go wrong. And if you're new to this industry and have never done it before, there's a lot that you need to insulate yourself from. And setting those expectations right at the outset is a huge thing to get right and will ultimately, I think, save you a lot of time, heartache and probably money. Yeah. And I think the first title we've got on our notes here is how hands-on do they want to be? And for me, that's becoming a big thing. I mean, you know, most of us are now working with page builders. We give them that option to be able to update their content later. Perhaps they could still be working on the site while we are running it, which is something which is the way I'm moving much more towards. So I think I I never really asked much about this 
In fact, I still haven't, you know, I haven't really asked much about what the site were making, how precious this might be to them, how how important the look of it is, or are they the type of person who just, look, I'm trusting it to you, you get on with it, and that's it, and they're going to stick to that. Yeah. I think there are four sides to this coin, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. to justify that. I think there's two sides to my coin. In other words, I think yeah. my personality plays into this quite a lot. In other words, if I am really outgoing, very confident speaking to strangers, very confident pushing forward my ideas and saying why this is the right thing and why this is the way that we're going to do it, all of that factors yeah. into it. But also that that could also be... Uh, you know, I could be the opposite of that. I could be the kind of person that just likes to work on my own, like to be told mm. what to do by a client, get on with it, and then just present it back to them. So that that's two sides of the four-sided coin. And the other two sides are from the client. You know, it depends what their personality mm. type is like. And again, I don't wish to boil it down to personality type, but broadly, this is what I'm meaning, that they may be very outgoing, gregarious, prepared to talk to you, prepared to work with you. Alternatively, they may be really hands-off, nothing to do with personality they literally might have been given the job get the website built for the firm it's up to you you've got six weeks go and they may not wish to yeah. be involved with it because they've got their own caseload of work they you know so you can see where i'm going it depends on what yeah. i'm like and what i like to how i like to work and what they're like and how they yeah. like to work yeah and i think you know um emotions come in to this process which we we often underplay because you know particularly with the proposals and contracts it's about this business negotiation to build this site but when we're actually building it trying to establish whose feet are going to get trodden on in this is is quite tricky because it's very emotional and um and we are so trying to get some insight to how precious the the site is going to be to the client because we were talking earlier and you picked up on what i said which is i'll kind of repeat it is the fact that if i'm given the job of getting on with it so they say to me you, you know you're the expert you do it and you get on with it and i build what i think is this you know great site i've, I've sweated over it and they don't like it at the end my feelings are going to be kind of hurt with it. It's going to be precious to me. I've invested in it. And um, and I think these are all the things that can go wrong and in reverse as well, where the, the client, um, maybe not at first because they perhaps even not prepared. I think this is a key thing. They're not prepared for how the creative process may not be like the, the usual planned business process. Things change and it's a good thing that they also it's become precious to them. It's about them, their website. And um, I think all of these things are, are stuff that we have to be aware of because they just creep, creep up all the time. You only need to read something like the Clients from Hell blog to read all of the stuff that goes wrong and how crazy it sometimes can get. Yeah, I genuinely hadn't distilled this thought until we chatted about half an hour ago. The the notion <laughs> yeah. that if, I, uh, if I've done... All the works, let's say, you know, basically they've said, go off, do it. I am totally building that and it becomes part of me. And and at the point where I hand it over, if they don't like something, genuinely you feel a bit of, well, yeah. you know, what? What the what? What the heck? This is brilliant. <laughs> have have you have you got a pair of eyes? Look at it. And and I never really made that connection that I was invested in the more hours that I spent on it, the more it became a part of what I wanted and what I liked and not necessarily what they liked. And 
and and equally, you know, if you throw them in the mix over and over again in, with your agile model, the more likely those their desires and your desires are going to be combined. And and just so many instances where I'm looking back into my past and thinking, why why did I feel annoyed at the end of the day when the client had said, no, we need to yeah. really iterate on this and, and go back and make some amendments? And it probably was for that very reason. I thought it was the best for them. And I was wrong. Yeah, and I think you can get hideous compromise as well because if the client really doesn't like it and then they decide that they're going to <laughs> iterate on it with you slowly, slowly, not to try and not tread on your toes, but they really are, then everybody's kind of, you know, there's this kind of stupid game going on. I do think I have a kind of working theory, which I'm kind of putting forward in a kind of separate video about how that our process is often business-like in the beginning. So, you know, particularly with the traditional model, you have to kind of set to the plan of what you expect to be delivered before the process starts. And, you know, they may have in their mind what they want, but through the process that they'll realize it's actually not true. And then they end up with a form of cognitive dissonance where what they really believe in isn't isn't with their behavior you know they believe they sh the plan they're good at planning and that's what should carry on but they actually want something different and then that's why i think it all goes a little bit crazy with stuff because the honesty goes so i i'm i'm big fan on the agile if it could be made to work in the sense that in theory when you're the you are working with the person so you have to find a system where you work as a team to put the whole thing together so everyone has a role so there isn't a period where there is i've done this so much and now i want your feedback they are literally involved in the the building of it so their time is put to use not to undoing stuff but actually towards doing it yeah so yeah. that's so that's kind of my way but i think it's almost a bit of the psychology in there i just think if you can I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but if you can find a system where they can be involved in it as they go along, then, you know, that's probably the ideal because you are working together and not treading on each other's toes. Yeah. The the model that I've always used is the the non-agile model. And, and I have to say, in, in most cases, it's, it really has worked pretty well for me. Yeah. I've managed to get from them what I need, and we'll talk about content gathering in just a moment i don't mean content i mean just the idea we've we've created a website in our heads and it would appear that we've aligned and then i go off and i spend x amount of weeks doing it and, and mostly on the whole i hit the target and there's a few things that we might discuss about that um but it, it does work but it does require quite a lot of back-end work you know you've got to spend a lot of time deciding iterating on the design wireframing and deciding on brand assets and getting the, a decision made on logos and who you're going to communicate with and all of those kind of things but it, it does work there is a there is a process that can work I, I think you've just got to be a little bit more disciplined at the beginning in terms of setting up all of the bits and pieces that need to be in place and then also you need to be fairly disciplined when you're actually building it making sure that you stick to and, and keep to the research that you did there's no point in asking them a thousand questions and then just getting on and building yeah. what you like and ignoring what they requested so it does work um yeah. and on the whole for me it worked very well yeah, I mean, you know, I think the ideal scenario is that they just kind of trust you to do it and go away. But <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, um, and then a very maybe, happy. Maybe not. 
<laughs> yeah, but maybe not. You know, the more invested they are in a project, then the more likelihood I think is that they'll invest more in the medium in the long, fu- you know, term future, so that can present us with more work. So I don't know, swings and roundabouts. I think both of us have been in Facebook uh, threads in the past where we've we've encountered people like you and I who build websites who have have gotten to the point where they're really terribly upset with the clients and uh, you know justifiably so I'm sure in some cases the the client genuinely has misbehaved or is being negligent or you know really reneging on what it is they agreed but I think also some of those conversations really do go back to not listening and not talking to each other and not um, not making sure that you're on the same page and communicating so this idea of this client from hell I'm sure it's true but equally I think sometimes we have to question whether or not we are the the website builder from hell and we're, you know, they're getting off the phone and saying, ah, I'll never work with them again. They just never listen. They don't communicate well. They're asking me for all these things and I've no idea how to, how to give it to them. They just haven't explained anything clearly enough. And maybe we need to be cognizant of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we can all end up in that that situation and and, you know what we do is we argue with logic when really what we're feeling is a kind of emotional it's really about how precious i think these things end up becoming to us yes and yeah as we get a bit mature over time and and i've cocked up with plenty of clients you know on that i get a bit precious but i think i've after all these years, I've started to work out what's going on with me. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because sometimes you you genuinely, and I don't mean you, I mean one genuinely knows mm-hmm. that what they want is inferior to what you you wish to do. <laughs> and yeah. I, I'm always caught by that. And and usually in the end, for the for the want of a of a of a quieter life, I normally demur to what they want and just sort of explain. Look, we could do this. I think this would be better. But if you insist upon doing that, well, it's your website. I shall do it your way. But and I think I'm I'm happy to to carry that if if the client insists upon it. Yeah, yeah. So should we talk about the next one, which is the content gathering? Which yeah. um, the interesting thing for me is the traditional model with this one. So you know, you sign your contract. Usually, that's got something about they need to provide the con uh, the content to you and that's usually the first thing that needs to happen on the project and that's where the biggest failure seems to be in the whole process i would like to hold my hand up at this point and say i i do not think there is a perfect solution for this i i never found it i tried everything i mean really i tried everything that it was in my power (laughs) to try you know google drive dropbox all sorts of SaaS related apps that purported to fix this problem and mm. every solution that I had met met with failure at some point. It might have been real bad failure in that, the, you know, really nothing came my way. Or it might have just been the occasional failure, but there was no perfect system. So I, mm. I think this one, if you're new to doing websites, you are guaranteed to have this problem. In, in And the problem is simply this. In order to build a website and and to get it to a point of being finished, there is a boatload of stuff that you're going to need from the client, be that copy, be that logos, be that images or videos. There's just things that you're going to need from them and you will not get all of it immediately and you will not get all of it in the perfect format that's easy for you to understand. And again, 
I think the problem really goes back to communication right at the beginning, you know, working out with the client, okay, what is the system that works best for you? And mm. what is the system that works best for me? Is there some sort of happy, happy ground where we both meet? Oh, we're both adept with Google Drive. Brilliant. We'll both use yes. Google Drive. Or, well, the client says, I've never heard of Google Drive, but I'm pretty good at writing email. Uh, okay. Maybe that's the way we need to go. I, I genuinely don't have an answer to this. It always fails. Yeah, I think you've really made the point there about you kind of got to play to their strengths, haven't you, to what they're familiar with. And the the higher the level is there, you know, the better. I mean, if all they can manage is to stick stuff in an email, then probably it's, it's going to be easier to, to cope with that and deal with it our end because at least you know we are fairly proficient at that stuff rather than have to try and train train the client to do uh, to learn a new tool so i think yeah it's you, you can't i mean it's one of my favorite expressions all the time for this kind of stuff you can't bang square pegs into round holes and that's what you end up doing yes. when you set a system they must follow do you know um, what because, would be, sorry sorry i interrupted you carry on sorry. yeah no, that's fine. That's all I needed to say. Oh, I, I was simply going to say that um, I wonder how much time has been wasted by both of us trying to mm. coach people into something that ultimately wasn't optimal. You know, I mean, how many hours have you spent trying to uh, tell people how to use Google Drive or Dropbox or set up a Dropbox folder and tell them, okay, we're going to name all of the folders in this manner and they never do it. And you know, whereas if you'd gone to them and said, okay, if if I want these things from you, how would you best do it? I'm not saying that's yeah. the perfect way. I'm just saying I never really tried that conversation. And so that would yeah. be something that I probably ought to try. Yeah, me too. And that's where I think I'm having to head a lot more that to just be kind of aware of that. And I you know, keeping it as simple as possible is my big thing at the moment. So, you know, whatever will achieve the job where previously, I think, you know, you used to get excited about the idea that your business would look more professional, you know, all the time. And that would lead you that kind of entrepreneurial sort of spirit to sort of wonder building great systems that are really impressive. But do you, do you know, I yeah. think you've just said something absolutely brilliant there. You wanted to look professional. And that, yeah. that was the mantra, right? You wanted it to look inside this formula of what professional is. And yeah. I wouldn't, I couldn't care less as, as a consumer. Let's say I, I go to a, I don't know, a lawyer and I wish to use lawyer's services. I couldn't care less how professional they looked if I was confused and had no idea where we were, how to yeah. give them the things that I needed. I would far rather a lawyer who, you know, looked in inverted commas less professional, but I could get along with and understand all of the steps along the process. So really throw looking professional out the window a bit for the sake yeah. of being professional and getting the things off them that you need yeah i think you've nailed it there and it's about those i mean in the end of the day when we start working together in some form or another it's a collaboration and that relies on a relationship and yep. that relationship's got to be good so yep. Yep. you know it's a it's about our own egos isn't it looking professional so yeah and and again getting back to the sort of facebook groups this does appear to be the 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 point where everything can fall apart the the content gathering bit seems to be the 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 thing that can crack the egg wide open i, d I don't quite know why it causes so much so many problems 
uh, like I said, it's never ultimately been an, an absolute killer for me, but it feels like from some of the threads that I've read in the past that it really can kill people. So yeah. if you're new to this, this is something really worthy of thinking about, possibly more than anything I think that we've mentioned so far. This is huge. Figure out a way that you're yeah. going to get content off your clients and maybe that way is going to be different for each of the clients. Maybe forcing your way on them is ultimately going to be a cause of friction and falling out. But my Miss A is going to have a wonderful experience compared to yours. <laughs> because, because I'm going to go into a little bit just on the agile stuff. Because in the theory, if you can make it work, I'm not saying this is easy. You know, the, the content stuff is teamwork. And I, there is something I think that's quite important with the, with the content you're trying to get. So f for me, the worst thing that can happen is not delaying getting the content but being given poor content which right. i'm gonna to have to say this is too rubbish to use so i'd much rather build it up from the start so if we want to get good leads we need good copy if they haven't got a good copywriter let's build it up from the beginning knowing what i know about how you might lay this out to tell a story on a home page or a landing page so so it you know from an agile perspective in theory it would end up being a team problem and if it was delayed which is often the issue isn't it about is this holding back the project and costing more money it's only under that team working spirit it's only going to be delayed if genuinely the client is just does have a problem with the the content and needs work on it so are you willing in your model to sort of step in because i know your agile model isn't just about being responsive and you know not reaching too far into the future and having everything under a some kind of proposal based formula but mm. are you willing to sort of step in and say do you know what you haven't given me the images it looks like you're struggling to get images that you're happy with i'm just going to put something in for you for now and the same thing with copy you know i i i'll i'll throw something together it's not optimal I'd like you to change it in the future. Are you are you going to be willing to bridge that gap or are you are you going to just put lorem in and put some sort of grey overlaid image in just to sort of indicate there should be an image? Yeah. Well, you know, that's the, that was the way before. Okay, so the, I've got two routes and I, I can't call these agile. So it, it, pre previously, I used to think, how am I going to get this job done? When I was thinking this is a one-day build, which is how I used to look earlier, we can get something up. So I go, if they're absent and I've got nothing, I'm going to stick an image in that I think will work. I'm going to stick the copy in and stick some lawn Ipsum. And I've given them a page builder and there's a video on how you can change it to what you need. I've done my job. Thank you very much. What I'm moving towards now is the more agile approach where I'm going to say, actually, and this is what we'll, I think we'll talk about in the next series, some of this I hope to get forward, is where I might be able to condense some of the great ideas about laying out pages that come from things like story brand that come from copy hackers to lay out the structure and work with the client themselves and even if I'm doing it on their own because they're absent they will see I'll I will have demystified the the process of getting that content structured if you like so Ooh, if nice. they want to join in and offer their opinions they can and we'll be doing it together if not so that's where I want to go but I mean this is all all stuff to be worked out but that's why I think I should be going with a, a team spirit agile approach if I'm adopting that that's where I think I need to be be able to dist demystify all of the stages of putting this together so they can be involved because their opinion will be valid yeah 
A couple of things on that. The, the first thing is, I think if you went that extra mile and could some in some way communicate that you'd you'd actually filled in the blanks for them, I think that could be something mm. that the client thinks, oh, great, that's brilliant. Oh, thanks for doing that. You know, you might get a pat on the back, kudos for that. The flip side <laughs> yeah. of that, though, is I wonder if you're setting an expectation which then you've got to live up for. It's all right, David will do it. I haven't bothered looking for an image. David will do it. Um, so I guess that's got two sides. It has, but the Agile protects me, doesn't it? Because they're controlling the budget and the time. So if they want me to carry on doing that, then that's fine. Good. They're going to be paying me. as they, I, I haven't got that deadline budget that they're fixed to. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. The, the solution is there. That's nice. Anyway, yeah. no oh. solutions to content gathering, but some interesting ideas. <laughs> um, and definitely yeah. worth thinking about. You know, if all that we've done is is raise the awareness that you are going to struggle with this, then we've probably done our job. We won't have a solution, but we've alerted it. Go and go and explore in all the, the, the manifest ways that you can, how on earth you might yeah. gather content and try and work collaboratively. In the same vein, our next title is Forms of Communication. Do we ask how they like to digest content that we might give them or information how, how they want to talk? to us during the whole process what are the options here then i mean you've got like email i guess increasingly you've got things you know like chat apps facebook messenger and whatsapp and signal and all those kind of things you've got uh, video chat you know zoom you've got um, videos that you could shoot with each other you know backwards and forwards things like this new zip message service or or just shooting a loom video those kind of things. Oh, and then, of course, my favorite one, um, the one that I've always preferred, is just the good old telephone. Um, that, for mm. me, is the ultimate. If you can get them on the phone or, I guess, wrap into that Zoom call, that would be the same thing. But real, real-time communication, that, that I feel is the absolute ultimate because, you know, you, it's just so much more easy to get things done. I feel that I can get done in one minute what it would take me 20 minutes to do on email. Yes, yes, that's true. I mean, I think, well, I mean, the, the agile way is definitely more about the live communication working as a team anyway, but whether you can actually do that is another thing. I just think um, I've become more aware, or at least I'm going to start um, asking them a bit, because one thing that, I mean, for communication going out, so when I'm working on my own, then I think the best way is for me to do a screencast of where I'm up to, what considerations there are for them, where I need some answers. And then I put that in an email with some bullet point questions of which they can just return with answers on. And I, I you know, I've been as pleased as punch with what I've come up with right, there. Right. And it seems to work well. But but the thing is, I've, I've never ever asked a client if that's kind of how they best digest that communication no me neither actually never said which is the best way of communicating with you no never really thought to do that always just assumed that their best way of doing it was you know video zoom phone or what have you but you've got some you you know around that you your your little sprints are you shooting your summation video at the end of a sprint and saying here's where i've done here's where i've got to rather now comment on this and we can move on to the next bit are you, are you or are you doing it on a daily basis how does that how is that hoping to work no i'm i mean i've i'm still working out the system i'm going to do it i mean one th- one thought that i had which i uh, back to the simplest you know way of being able to communicate the technology that 
the client's going to be useful. I was th- be used to it. But I think the way that we do this podcast, the way we've communicated all the way over these five years plus, it has been through a flipping Google document yep. where we, we yep. just have some headlines and pick a color or something like that. And I have started working a little bit with, um, you know, one client a couple of times. We've, I've put up a document, which is about what we're trying to do on this. You know, we're trying to get the messaging on the homepage or something. And, you know, to my surprise, they've quickly just jumped in there and realized what's working out in the same way that you and I do. I don't know if that's going to work for other clients, but I just thought this is so much easier than um, threads in emails where I get completely lost because we just, you know, scrap what doesn't need to be there any longer. Um, it gets removed from the document. So... So um, are you certainly are you, a form of communication? Is it just text then, you, or are you throwing images in there? Or I don't even know if you can throw like um, things like video. I you don't can. know if you can. But um, are you oh. putting all of those in as well, or is it just sort of like a text backwards and forwards? Yeah, all I was doing on, to be honest, what I was doing is the 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 new site that was doing. I said this homepage, we need certain messaging, so I was taking all that the things I referenced before. So story brand and copy hackers and, and literally laying out. So this, we need to start with a header with a description that backs up the main message you're trying to get there. And then we'll be moving on to what problem you're solving, moving on to some of the benefits. And I'm literally listing them and writing down some of the bullet points and they're coming in. So we're building the structure of this homepage and some of the copy together. <laughs> okay. Before it goes into the the web, well, it, actually, that's not true because I started some of the website and this is separate. But I'm just saying it's quite a nice little way of being able to sort of backwards and forwards on on some information. If I tried to do it through email, it wouldn't work because someone can imagine a Google document. It's as long as it needs to be, and you can put headers on it and make it clear what is the, the copy for one section. So. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I guess the nice thing about the Google Doc is that there's more or less nobody who isn't familiar with something like Google Docs. You know, yeah. just everybody's familiar with, well, whether it be Word or Office 365 or something. It, it, I could see that working for me. I, I never really did do it that way. Always relied more on email or my favorite thing, phone. But um, the fact that you and I, have, we've really done pretty well out of communicating through Google Docs. And I, I think that that's a solid way to have a go, at least anyway. Yeah, nice nice tip, that. Well, well, we have, I mean, we use it in the most simplest of way. I, I shared a Google document with our friend Paul AC and suddenly got surprised to find that was got, you know, messages coming in saying about the comments he'd left. He really, he really knew how to use his Google documents. Yes, you know? yes. Um, I, uh, I guess if the- it had been me, I'd have to just written by the side of it that's right yeah i guess the the only um the only pitfall is that you obviously have to understand that some people may not wish to do it that way but i i i think that's a pretty neat neat tip give it a go if anybody tries it and wants to leave us a comment let us know (laughs) yeah do you ever um do you ever give any indication on the kind of tone of feedback or anything what you kind of expect oh you mean in terms of brusque Oh, what, yeah. go on. No, I'm not following your thread there. What do you mean? Well, some people just communicate in, you know, with emails or something. You know, they can be, the, the, sometimes they think they're being efficient, I think, but they did just come across as brusque. You know, they literally just sharp uh, comments where you can't get any indication about what they feel about something. They're just literally running it. Um, All right, so like yes something no. along the lines of change the logo, see attachment. That's it. 
That's yeah, you exactly. Yeah. That kind uh, of thing. Very I probably would react to that, actually, but I wouldn't let them know. I, I would probably see it as mm. a as a kind of a failing on their part to not take the time to write, dear Nathan. I have attached a new image which I would prefer on the website. You can you can find it in this email. Thank you so much for your time. Blah blah blah. That's that's the way I would like to be treated. But if somebody literally writes me the replace logo, see attachment, I I'd just get on with it and swallow that. But I can see how that would would kind yeah, of annoy no, people. Yeah, people really genuinely do have a different approach to that. And I've received um, emails from friends who clearly are short on time and it, it is kind of weird thinking hang on we're friends why are you writing like that um i just uh, yeah don't yeah. don't react i guess is the is the key message there but i don't set any expectations out in terms of any proposals or anything sorry any contracts as to the way uh we would like to be communicated with I just assume that people are gonna make a, a best effort and I've never written a reply saying, I'm sorry, I will not respond to this email until you rewrite it in a more polite manner. <laughs> no, I think probably people take the lead from you, how you communicate. Uh, I think possibly that is it. You know? Yeah. Um. One of the things that I I was really getting into um, a little while ago, and, and I, I would say this is, and you mentioned it, you, you're clearly doing it, is the weekly summations um, video just bang out an email on a Friday, literally one minute showing what you did during that week. Um, obviously, in my approach, you know, during that week, they probably haven't seen anything at all. They, as far as they're concerned, it's a black hole unless they've taken the time to go and look at the staging site, which is freely available for them to see. By the way, I do that. And um, and I just say, this week we've worked on the, the menus. They now look like this. And if you hover over it, this happens. And we've also got the i don't know the the map widget going and it looks like this and so on and so forth and take seconds and it just gives them a little bit of a heads up as to what's going on and in my impression those emails never get replied to but they never get objected to either and i think you are just putting a a bit of a yeah you're sort of protecting yourself in that you are illustrating what you've done during that week but also i suspect most of them were getting looked at there was no mm. call to action to reply. It was just, okay, this is where we're at. And it just seemed to make the road smoother and keep the communications channels alive. Yeah. You know, almost segue beautifully into the next thing, which is the revisions of changes of mind and how you deal with them. Because oh. you were saying about, because something I didn't really appreciate until you told me earlier was the fact that they can see what you're doing if they want to go and have a peep. Yeah, I don't um, know if this is everybody's approach. It just never struck me as a weird thing to do but i'm conscious that some people might think this is weird i would simply put a subdomain of my uh website so i don't know testwebsite.example.com and then i would give that to them right at the beginning because i never took took the notion that well i don't want them to see what they're doing and i i think most of them probably didn't look at it that often but there was definitely clients that did because they would communicate to me unprompted could we change oh, i don't know the blue um and i would say oh okay yeah you've noticed that okay that's fine yeah what would you like instead and that's that system i i think works there's just no no hiding it and it does. I guess it does make the revision process a little bit easier because they come in in dribs and drabs rather than a 
boatload at the end because my process, I bet this is nothing new to anybody, was just two rounds of revisions. When I finish it, I hand it over. You get a first round of revisions. I never put any language in my contracts around what that revision process looked like. You know, so had they come back to me and said, it's all rubbish, we need to revise all of it. I don't know what I would have said at that point, but it never happened, luckily. And (laughs) and then after that round of revisions, I do that. And then there's a final one. And and I make it pretty clear in the language. Look, whatever you tell me now to do, that's it. There's no more. Can we tweak it a bit after this? You've got to be very careful and thoughtful and mindful. Write it in full. Go to whatever lengths you need to, to be clear on this. And after that, we're done. It's actually very yeah. rare that I got to the Second Amendment. Usually the first round of amendments had it nailed. No, that's good. I mean, that is the thing. I, we talk about revisions, you know, we allow a couple of them, but uh, I, the depth of those revisions and how much work they might mean. I mean, if somebody says, yeah, just one revision, we just need a shop page now. And you suddenly realise that <laughs> your site's yeah. become e-commerce, you know. Um, yeah, no, no, sorry, happens. just to clarify that, a revision in my head, and I, again, I don't think I yes. spelled it out, is a change to something which exists. So ah, it, it was, yes. it literally is, you know, revi- it's, it's true to the word yes. revision. It's going over something which is already there. Um, it was never new things and, and anything that's new is totally out of scope. It's not, it's not happening. Yes, a revision to the whole project is that it would be, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that makes sense. And I think most people would understand that. But there is some things, I mean, it's not such a problem now. I used to find when people used to want to change certain areas which were dynamic in WordPress like headers and footers that was much more complex than other things and they would have no clue uh, as to which was going to take up more time why should they you know right. for them it, it it was all just stuff on a page no that's totally um, true isn't it you know some things like if you i don't know if you just suddenly wanted a, a telephone icon in the menu yeah. in the past that yeah. was a that was a bit of a big deal i mean not a big deal but it it yeah. wasn't like like super quick, yeah. whereas now with yeah. more modern themes, that might be like milliseconds to do. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, there's that classic comic, which I think everybody knows, the oatmeal.com comics. It's uh, design underscore hell, so you can find so it from good. that URL. But it's the, yeah, uh, you know, the how revisions lead to this, you know, horrible, you know, <laughs> nasty kind of looking site. And I, I think that is always the problem. But I mean, we covered it in a way. I think a lot of it is about that being precious and about understanding, you know, uh, accommodating each other in that process, isn't it? You know, being aware of, you know, how the, the, the client's going to feel, how important it's going to be to them and picking up on that early and, and making the client aware as well. If you're going to leave me with it, with high expectations, I'm going to invest in it. So you're going to hurt my feelings if you if you don't check in and want to change it all at the end. So Yeah, the nice thing covered. about your approach is that you don't get this sort of moment in time where you've just suddenly got these round yeah. revisions at the end and you are hoping that everything is as it should be and that the revision rounds are going to be small and insignificant your approach i presume i mean you could really almost regard your entire website build as a round of revisions yeah exactly i mean the idea is literally it should be teamwork it should be something you build together obviously you know everyone's got their own disciplines but you would think we're all professional enough that someone's not going to somebody said to me once um quite recently about 
when I said about collaborative design with clients, why would anybody want to do that? You're the expert, you do that. You wouldn't do that with a mechanic fixing your car. And it's like, no, I wouldn't do it with a mechanic fixing my car because I, I wouldn't have the first clue to do what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't do it. And, th and that's different from me um, working with a client. Uh, I've got certain skills which they will never have and they will never attempt to do that. But it doesn't mean that they can't have a valid view when we're picking, you know, as long as they understand the theory of a color palette, you know, that they can't help with why they think that might be more suited to their target audience. And in fact, they're probably better placed than me to know what is best for their target audience. So they, their contributions are valuable, I think, within that team working. Your um your solution brings to mind that famous phrase, you know, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach him how to fish and he'll fish forever <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, to take that one step further, it's a bit like the mechanic bringing you in as he repairs something and says, OK, now I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And now I'm going to and look, we've we've fixed the problem. You can probably do that yourself now, can't you? Because you've watched and seen and been instructed uh yeah it, it's possible you probably could go away and do that thing um you know <laughs> but it's not it's not the model that i've ever used but i can totally see why that would have value and yeah yeah but in some ways you know you can imagine it you, you can imagine it in a band situation so you know you play guitar and uh you know the drummer's there and the bassist but often and if you're trying to put something together, you can go, why don't you just do this with the bass? You're not going to take over and play the bass for them. You're not going to say how it's going to be best to put, but you might be able to give them a hint of how it might work with something. Same with the drumming. But you don't tread on each other's toes. You are team working to make something, you know, that works together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how an agile approach should work. You don't necessarily, you know, you don't take somebody else's instruments and do it. You recognize that they, they know better, but you might be able to, give them an idea of which they can work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think this is... I'm, I'm, I'm selling Agile here, aren't I, well, big time? You, no, I'll tell you what, the more that this podcast goes on, the more I want to abandon my side, but uh, there'll be no content, so I'm going to stick to my guns. Agile's rubbish. Give it up, David. Okay, um, next one is ghosting, going off, going off the going radar, off. delaying. Yeah. So that's, that's another problem. I mean, it happens, doesn't it? It's happening to me right now with two of my best clients. Disappeared, they have. When you say um, disappeared, it, just like, you know, are you phoning them up? <laughs> are you just emailing and the emails are not getting responded to? What level of disappearance are we dealing with here? No, it's fine. I mean, they have responded. One who I've been working on a project with, I'm, I'm delighted that they, are, they have disappeared because... It's partly a result of the rebuild I did on his other site has given him a bit more work. So the fact that he's now a bit too busy to get on with the, the new site we're doing is, you know, something that cheers me no end. But um, they have replied and said, oh, I'll have to put it back. But it wasn't what our kind of plan was with it. So I, I've no problem. I'm a lot calmer. You are. You've always been calm on this one, haven't you? Um if people disappear, you go, eh, it's fine. I've well, something else I can do. I was always lucky enough to have another bit of work which needed doing. So my approach was yeah. simply just to do the other bit of work. Um, and that approach never really bit me. I mean, it's not to say that you don't send them the email or send them the phone call to say, look, yeah. we really do need this thing. It is actually urgent. But I, I just say, well, the contract said it as well, that if you delay 
then it won't get finished, basically, is what it says. I can't remember the exact language, but any delays that are not us will push the, the deadline back. And I do make the point that I am, I am willing to undertake other work which might further delay what it is that you're doing. Because, you know, if I start on another piece uh, of work and... Yes. Uh, and I really get my head into it, I might be on that for another week or a week and a half or whatever. And, you know, I think everybody gets that to some extent. And I, I feel quite lucky in that nobody ever really pushed back on that. I did get on with other pieces of work and I just politely sent them the email saying, thank you for sending me the image. That's brilliant. Um, we're just involved with a few other things now because of the delay and we'll get back to you at the beginning of next week or whatever it was. So that that was always my approach and it was one that I liked. Yeah, that works for what you were doing. So, but... I mean, sticking with the traditional model, even the agile one, when you think about it, a lot of people build in um, financial penalties um, in ah. with this one because the, because the, the potential to go and take on another, you know, if you're a big agency and you've put so much of your staff forward and they're right. delaying, right. you can't take on your next work. So they, somebody has to pay for that lost time, yes. you know, your yeah. business. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Never, never something that I needed to concern myself with. But do you do you so moving into agile and obviously everything you just said, are you going to do any of that? Are you going to financially penalize people or at least tell them that you're going to? Or are you going to work more towards my laissez faire approach? Well, I, yeah, I, it's already laissez faire because I've, I've got to get out because there's no technically there's no um, end cost so of course yeah uh, oh I see what you mean if they disappear and then I can't take work well because it's in sprints of works I will so in effect I'm saying if they do disappear I might take in other work which means that like you effectively it's the same thing you, we end up delayed on restarting their work so yeah they just yeah. have to know that's the consequences so it's so the, that's the delay yeah. in effect is a financial penalty because you know time is money kind of thought yeah okay okay yeah. I mean, I mean, they run it, you know, if you've got that, you're free and they can book these slots uh, available and then, you know, they disappear and then you think you're going to put, in my case, two sprints together to complete it or three, um, you know, and they break. I might take on work and then those slots, that, so they're pushed back even further on their, you know, the delay, which, you know, on a bigger scale, I mean, that's one of the reasons for Agile itself is the fact that by having big projects, the period of time it takes to get to launch means that all that money, it if you had something out, that could be bringing you in a return. So it's you know it's it's a loss to them, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. If you did, yeah. Well, I was just going to well, say, I suppose you've got to think a little bit from the client perspective as well. You know, maybe we need to be asking questions about why there's a delay, not just there's a delay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it might be yeah. apropos to sort of communicate and say look there is a delay is there anything i need to know about you know I mean, and it might be completely legitimate i mean just before we got on the call we talked about who knows maybe there's been some sort of family crisis that can't be avoided maybe the business has had to change in in unexpected ways you just don't know there may be a totally legitimate way but we I think mm. typically we tend to see the lack of communication or the radar, sorry, the, the, the going off the radar or ghosting us or whatever. We seem to often mm. take that as a, as, a, as a chance to get angry as opposed to a chance to figure out why they've gone off radar. And I imagine there's probably yeah. more benefit figuring it out than um, <laughs> the ironic thing, I suppose, would be that you'll probably send them an email asking why they've gone off radar and you don't get a reply. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but um, that, honestly, I think that's a, such a great point because I think, you know, and sometimes people don't answer out of shame, you know, yep. uh, they're actually embarrassed that they've disappeared, you know, so. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, how many times, I mean, being honest, how many times have you gone off the radar with somebody that you shouldn't have gone off the radar with and then the, some immeasurable period of time passes and now it's too long? It's like, no. oh my goodness, it's been a whole week. I can't possibly. I've done that. Yeah. I've, to my shame, I've done yeah. those kind of things. And somehow it just takes one of somebody to reach out. It's kind of weird, you know, like friends that I knew at university who I don't speak to yeah. now because I don't speak to them now. And that's <laughs> yes. the only reason I've got. And then, and then I've done it a few times. I actually did it in lockdown quite a lot. Just got in touch with them utterly out the blue and it was like you know just natter 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 it's like why didn't we do this before that kind of approach might just work using the phone again for me yeah i think most of the time there's good reasons it's worth like you say it's it's worth finding out the reasons i think there is one one tip for anybody who is starting this new one thing that has kind of annoyed the life out of me is sorting out for launching sorting out the dns getting it over to my hosting uses the case and when there's some third party not the the client it just goes horribly wrong because in most cases the client then wants to duck out because they said i don't know i had this tech guy before and you're the new tech guys talk to each other will you please and you know so i've i've learned with that one to start thinking about that one a lot earlier and try yeah. and get the logins yeah know what's I am going on with that totally with you i get it that one is a bit of a nightmare isn't it and there's no real there's no real way of fixing that by being nice it's just got to no. happen yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's really annoying at the end of something, at least if they can be sorting it out while you're working on the project. But it's the thing that when you think you've time's been used up and you're, you're ending it and you're wasting time chasing somebody, that's the worst. Yes. So I start it earlier. So And then you get those oh, emails. I'm, my cl- inc- my website can't go live. Why? What? Oh, and <laughs> just impenetrable nonsense about DNS that nobody understands, including me, I might add. Um, I think we've done it. I think we've basically got there, haven't we? Apart from final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts, which is really what we've been saying through all of this. We, uh, it's really just about how we can kind of be kind to each other. And it sounds terrible, doesn't it? People <laughs> throwing up listening to this. Um, but it is about that. It's about good relationships with the clients, isn't it? And about understanding where they're coming from and also how we're likely to react as well when we get feedback. Yes, yes. This is uh, we're painting a very rosy picture here, aren't we? We're we're not we're, we haven't yet imagined the client who literally is obstinate, will disobey everything <laughs> that we ask, and is just blatantly rude. Um, we're hoping that we don't have those kind of people. If we do, just all of this episode goes out the window. But I think you're right. <laughs> Let's sum it up as good relationships are the key. I think if you try to keep that going. Um, but harking back, I think the main takeaway for me from this episode is the um, is the content gathering thing. That it probably is going to be the biggest point of friction. So if you can figure out a way of making that work for you, hurrah! Yeah. But also, can you tell us all how you did it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll steal that. Yeah. Okay. Next, we've got we've got a bonus episode not anyone will know this apart from us that we're putting into this season one the last one of this before the build section episode six we thought we'd really ask the question where's the next client coming from 
Yes, um, that's a good point. <laughs> I remember a friend of mine at university, always about two-thirds of the way through a meal, he would always ask, what was the next meal? And uh, it was like, okay, we haven't finished this one yet, but yeah, that's a good point. You you can't get to the end of this website build and then start to be looking for clients because there's probably going to be quite a delay. So where is the next client coming from? Episode six, that'll be in a that'll be in a couple of weeks' time. It will. Okay, anyway, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you, David, and I will speak to you in two weeks' time. See ya. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. It was lovely chatting to David Wormsley, as always. If you enjoyed it, if you thought it was interesting, or indeed if you think it was objectionable and you've got a comment to make which is negative, don't worry, that's fine. Head over to wpbuilds.com and search for episode number 265. There is, of course, an archive. You can look for the podcast archive in the main menu at the top. But episode 265, leave a comment on... Leave a comment in there or head over to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, and you could leave a comment in there. Again, search for episode number 265. Right, we will be back with another podcast episode, this time in one week, so next Thursday. It will be an interview because we flip-flop between interviews with guests in the WordPress community and my chats with David Wormsley. So next week it'll be an interview. And also we'll be back every Monday, 2pm UK time, live this week in WordPress. So join us for some of that. If I don't see you, I hope you have a very nice week. Stay safe. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music. And say bye bye for now. I do the little left eye.